We're going back to Edmund Spencer for some of his finest sonnets, which I believe, to my own taste, compare favorably to Shakespeare. Sonnet 39. Sweet smile, the daughter of the queen of love, expressing all thy mother's powerful art, with which she wants to temper angry Jove, when all the gods he threats with thundering dart. Sweet is thy virtue as thyself sweet art, for when on me thou shinedest late in sadness, a melting pleasance ran through every part, and me revived with heart-robbing gladness. Whilst wrapped with joy, resembling heavenly madness, my soul was ravished quite as in a trance, and feeling thence no more her sorrow's sadness, fed on the fullness of that cheerful glance. More sweet than nectar or ambrosial meat seemed every bit which thenceforth I did eat. Sonnet 40. Mark when she smiles with amiable cheer, and tell me whereto can ye liken it, when on each eyelid sweetly do appear in hundred graces as in shade to sit, likest it seemeth in my simple wit, unto the fair sunshine in summer's day, that when a dreadful storm away is flit, through the broad world doth spread his goodly ray, at sight whereof each bird that sits on spray, and every beast that to his den was flood, comes forth afresh out of their late dismay, and to the light lift up their drooping head. So my storm-beaten heart likewise is cheered with that sunshine when cloudy looks are cleared. Sonnet 41. Is it her nature or is it her will to be so cruel to an humbled foe? If nature, then she may it mend with skill. If will, then she at will may will forgo. But if her nature and her will be so, that she will plague the man that loves her most and take delight to increase a wretch's woe, then all her nature's goodly gifts are lost. And that same glorious beauty's idle boast is but a bait such wretches to beguile, as, being long in her love's tempest tossed, she means at last to make her piteous spoil. O oh, fairest fairy, let never it be named that so fair beauty was so foully shamed. 42. Sonnet. The love which me so cruelly tormenteth, so pleasing is in my extremest pain, that all the more my soul it augmenteth the more I love and do embrace my bane. Nay do I wish, for wishing were but vain, to be a quit fro my continual smart, but joy her thrall forever to remain, and yield for pledge my poor captived heart, the which that it from her may never start. Let her, if please her, bind with adamant chain, and from all wandering loves, which might pervert, his safe assurance strongly it restrain. Only let her abstain from cruelty, 
and do me not before my time to die. 43. Shall I then silent be, or shall I speak? And if I speak, her wrath renew I shall. And if I silent be, my heart will break, her choked be with overflowing gall. What tyranny is this, both my heart to thrall, and eke my tongue with proud restraint to tie? That neither I may speak nor think at all, but like a stupid stock in silence die. Yet I, my heart, with silence secretly, will teach to speak, and my just cause to plead, and eke mine eyes with meek humility, love learned letters to her eyes to read, which her deep wit, the true heart's thought can spell, will soon conceive and learn to construe well. 45. When those renowned noble peers of Greece through stubborn pride among themselves did jar, forgetful of the famous golden fleece, then Orpheus with his harp their strife did bar. With this continual cruel civil war, the which myself against myself do make, whilst my weak powers of passions worried are, no skill can stint, nor reason can aslake. But when in hand my tuneless harp I take, then do I more augment my foe's despite and grief renew and passions do awake to battle fresh against myself to fight. Amongst whom the more I seek to settle peace, the more I find their malice to increase. 45. Leave, lady, in your glass of crystal clean, your goodly self forevermore to view, and in myself, my inward self, I mean, most lively like, behold your semblant true. Within my heart, though hardly it can shew, things so divine to view of earthly eye, the fair idea of your celestial hue, and every part remains immortal eye. And were it not that, through your cruelty, with sorrow dimmed and deformed it were, the goodly image of your visnomy, clearer than crystal, would therein appear. But if yourself in me you plain will see, remove the cause by which your fair beams darkened be. 46. When my abode's prefixed time is spent, my cruel fair strait bids me wend my way. But then from heaven most hideous storms are sent, as willing me against her will to stay. Whom then shall I, or heaven or her, obey? The heavens know best what is the best for me, but as she will, whose life doth sway my will, my lower heaven, so it perforce must be. But ye high heavens that all this sorrow see, since all your tempests cannot hold me back, assuage your storms, or else both you and she will both together me to sorely rack. Enough it is for one man to sustain the storms which she alone on me doth reign. 47. Trust not the treason of those smiling looks, until ye have their guileful trains well tried. 
for they are like but unto golden hooks that from the foolish fish their baits do hide. So she with flattering smiles weak hearts doth guide unto her love and tempt to their decay, whom being caught she kills with cruel pride and feeds at pleasure on the wretched prey. Yet even whilst her bloody hands them slay, her eyes look lovely and upon them smile, that they take pleasure in their cruel play, and dying do themselves of pain beguile. Almighty charm which makes men love their bane, and think they die with pleasure, live with pain. 48. Innocent paper, whom to cruel hand did make the matter to avenge her ire, and ere she could thy cause well understand, did sacrifice unto the greedy fire, well worthy thou to have found better hire than so bad end for heretics ordained, yet heresy nor treason didst conspire, but plead thy master's cause unjustly pained whom she, all careless of his grief, constrained to utter forth the anguish of his heart and would not hear when he to her complained the piteous passion of his dying smart, yet live forever, though against her will, and speak her good, though she requite it ill. 49. Fair cruel, why are ye so fierce and cruel? Is it because your eyes have power to kill? Then know that mercy is a mighty's jewel, and greater glory think to save them spill. But if it be your pleasure and proud will to show the power of your imperious eyes, then not on him that never thought you ill, but bend your force against your enemies. Let them feel the utmost of your cruel ties and kill with looks as cockatrices do. But him that at your footstool humbled lies, with merciful regard give mercy to. Such mercy shall you make admired to be, so shall you live by giving life to me. Thanks.